Hey there, you're listening to Combo Breaker, a one-two punch of enthusiasm. Each week, I present a tiny interruption to share something that I'm digging on. I'm your host, Cole, and you can check out OKRetro.Zone to stay on top of new podcasts, videos, and more. So, here we go. This week, I wanted to talk about the Haunted Mansion at Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom. Walt Disney World? You know, whatever. Uh, why? Well, I have recently kind of gone down a rabbit hole of watching YouTube videos on Imagineering and fun facts and stuff behind Disney World. Perhaps I'm just a little nostalgic, or I've been thinking about making art again, and much of my grad school research was on fabricated spaces, forced perspective, and building illusions, like, for example, natural history museum dioramas and a little old place called Disney World. That, and I may be planning a trip to Disneyland, and I don't really want to spoil it for myself. But the Haunted Mansion. I remember when I was really young, I had to have been three or four, I remember my parents sitting me down in the living room and having this binder with Mickey and friends on the front, and my parents opened it up and there was this dot matrix printed sheet and a plastic paper protector with a crude Mickey and Minnie face and three-fourths profile with some text. I couldn't read it, I was a small child. But I remember being them being like, yo, we're going to Disney World. And I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. And then I figured it out. So yeah, we went to Disney World. I got a stuffed Pluto when we were there, uh, but I loved the Haunted Mansion. I remember outside of the Haunted Mansion, they sold this like rigid leash thing that looked like you were walking a dog with like the, the muzzle cover. And I was like, uh, I can have an invisible pet dog. This sounds awesome. And my parents wisely got me a more cuddleable toy which was Pluto. Uh, But I loved the macabre of the Haunted Mansion even at a young age. I guess I didn't understand it all, like to be spooked, but also I probably just wanted to be friends with the ghosts. I do remember the room that stretches at the beginning scaring the hell out of me though. I guess I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I'm assuming the Haunted Mansion was really formative for me at a young age. So I figured I'd talk a little bit about the ride and its construction and just kind of see where it goes. Um, Sure, I could just recap the ride and its narrative straight out, but that seems really silly. So I'm just going to kind of roll off the dome a little bit, give a little context and kind of talk about the ride. We'll see how it goes. So the Haunted Mansion opened in Disney World's Magic Kingdom on October 1st, 1971, which is opening day. The ride itself or the attraction is positioned within Liberty Square up against the rivers of America. Is that what the, the... air quote river is called i don't know but the building is this sort of hodgepodge of victorian and dutch gothic stylings complete with greenhouse it kind of gives me like a winchester mystery house vibe with the angular structure of the outside i understand that they don't look anything alike including material is different but i think it's evocative of of the potential interior having dead ends or hallways or staircases that lead to nowhere but Yeah, that's just where my head's at. But some real-life inspiration came from the Harry Packer Mansion in Pennsylvania and the Rathbone Estate in Albany, New York, that was built from 1842 to 1845, but unfortunately no longer stands. But you can find illustrations of the Rathbone Estate, and it's not quite a one-to-one, but it was very close. The mansion sits back on a small hill, and the entranceway and queue lead you through a garden and graveyard of sorts. The queue has been renovated, I believe, in 2011 to make the queue more interactive, with tombs that respond to touch, um, 
whatchamacallit, a wedding ring that's embedded in the ground, which is based off of like some old Disney World lore. Um, Madame Leota's tombstone appears to come alive, though that uh, addition was added earlier than 2011. And if you're waiting at night, you have the chance to see some silhouettes in the windows. Uh, they move past the candle lights that illuminate the, the window frame. So that's kind of a cool little addition. Uh, but as you make your way inside, you wait in front of a fireplace that has... I think there's a fireplace. I just added that. In my memory, there's a fireplace, but I don't think there is. But there's a portrait that slowly ages uh, before your eyes. And then you're taken into a room that slowly stretches and it reveals... Uh, more of the portraiture that is above you and there's this disembodied narrator uh, or the ghost host and he introduces himself and his voice pops around the room from one gargoyle candle holder to another there's a crack of lightning the room goes dark and there's a hanging figure above and then you're whisked away to grab a seat on one of the doom buggies that will take you through the rest of the attraction Originally, Imagineers had the idea to have a raven be the narrator of the ride. The raven shows up in multiple scenes, uh, but can easily be missed. But I think it's still impactful as a raven. The narrator's voice comes from this now disembodied, omnipresent specter. And the raven, and if you, well, if you think about the symbolism, is often, not always, but often a sign of like a, it's like an ill omen or there's potential loss that's a, that has occurred and it's the sign for you to know what was lost or something is going to be lost. And you know what I mean? There's context. Um, but there's uh, also 999 happy haunts with a room for one more in a haunted mansion. Uh, the sign of loss? Come on. It's subtle. Also, uh, ravens are fairly talkative birds. So as well as being... Uh, associated with the sign of loss they often have like a prophetic presence i guess i'm just saying it's kind of dope that this uh unfulfilled idea of the raven being the narrator is still pretty impactful and like effective even though it's maybe less visually impressive but it still plays like a i don't know there's some context here subtext i guess but the ride takes you on a little adventure through the mansion. As you enter the doom buggy, you're once again whisked away through a painting gallery, a library, past a, a spectral piano man, some like Hogwarts-ass fantastical Winchester Mansion staircase room into a haunted hallway that then leads you into Madame Leota's seance room. I love this bit. Granted, I feel... Like, besides Madame Leota herself, it's the most unimpressive room visually, which kind of bums me out, but Madame Leota's head is actually modeled after Leota Toombs, who was an Imagineer. And she is voiced by Eleanor Audley, who also does the voice of Maleficent. So that's why I love this room. Maleficent's trapped in a glass orb. That's, well, maybe she's not trapped. She's using that as a means of tra transportation, maybe. But she recites a, a small poem or incantation, uh, which you don't generally get the whole chunk of it, but depending on when you're there, you do get like half. Uh, but it goes like this. I shall read it now. Serpents and spiders, tale of a rat. Call in the spirits, wherever they're at. Rap on a table, it's time to respond. Send us a message from somewhere beyond. Goblins and ghoulies from last Halloween awaken spirits with your tambourine. 
Creepies and crawlies, toads in a pond. Let there be music from regions beyond. Wizards and witches, wherever you dwell, give us a hint by ringing a bell. That's dope, right? And then you get the little jingle jangle of the bell. I love it. I feel like this room has so much production that it is visually overshadowed by the random instruments that hang and dance above the doom buggies. And only if you listen to her words do you really does it really make sense. I don't know how I would solve it off the top of my dome, but I think Madame Leota herself in an orb that hovers and moves and is animate is so cool. And then obviously she has a beautiful poem for you or incantation. Um, I just wish there was something that filled in the, the, the periphery a little bit better. But from the seance room, we're taken into the party room, which is perhaps the second most iconic scene in the attraction. It is also one of the largest Pepper's ghost effect examples in the world. Basically, it's a big ol' reflection of uh, by using glass. I believe for this one, it's 30 feet by 90, uh, and it creates this paranormal party. There's a dual ghost on chandeliers, a party with cakes and candles, a group of ballroom dancing. Uh, so, yeah, the, the Pepper's ghost effect is using light glass, and I guess you can use mirror? I don't... I don't really know. I didn't really look into it. I just know it basically is based off of like when you see reflections in glass, but these just happen to be ghosts. So that's cool. Also a fun fact here in this scene, some of the animatronic figures are used here for the first time in uh, the Haunted Mansion and some of them, some of these figures or the molds of these figures appear later on in the uh, graveyard scene. But these are the first uh, time that these animatronics show up, or these faces, and then they're later show up in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, which is pretty cool. But from our paranormal party, the ride takes us through the attic scene, filled with memories of the bride's former husband. There's this bride who, um, I'm gonna, it's very subtle, but it seems that she decapitates her husband's. So it's her kind of going, uh, like, muttering over, like, till death do us part, and a few other lines. But then you enter the graveyard scene out back, which is probably the most quintessential haunted mansion vision you have in your mind, uh, which is a bunch of ghosts celebrating and singing the song Grim Grinning Ghosts. There's a whole lot of ghosts singing and celebrating. As the doom buggy turns to leave, you have some hitchhiking ghosts that jump into your doom buggy, and you get a glimpse of Leota Toom's voice as the small spectral woman who beckons you to hurry back with your death certificate to join the 999 other happy haunts, which is kind of cool as you depart the attraction. Sure, it's a visually dark ride, but it's also a, a dark ride, you know, with ghosts and death being a main theme. It's one of my favorites, though. Unsurprisingly, the ride often gets shut down because people try to leave ashes of their loved ones as their, as their final addition to the happy haunts tenants, which is probs not sanitary, but I also kind of love it and emblematic of the ride, a final resting place, full of good cheer in a way. I don't know. I guess I, I don't even need to try to unpack that right now. But the ride is such a contrast to, to Peter Pan and It's a Small World, which isn't too far away. I think what is the coolest about this ride is that when they were building it for Disneyland, they apparently ordered and made everything in twos because they knew Disney World's Magic Kingdom was going to have the ride on opening day as well, which... If that isn't a bold-ass mood, I don't know what is. 
Thank you for listening to Combo Breaker for a one-two punch of enthusiasm. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast, and if you did, I hope you share it with a friend. And follow me on the social medias at We Are OK Retro to see what I'm up to. And also check out that Twitch at We Are OK Retro if you want to hang out in real time. I hope you all have a fantastic week. Until next time. Bye.